Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big Picture Skiing Podcast. On today's show, you're going to meet Jacob Perkins. And Jacob Perkins is into speed skiing. He's into skiing in a straight line down a really steep slope as fast as you can and reducing all wind drag if possible through wearing a rubber suit and a crazy aerodynamic helmet. So I think this is quite an interesting interview as you get to learn a little bit more about what these people do in terms of modifying their equipment, training, and thinking about skiing when all you're trying to do is go as fast as seriously possible. So Jacob actually has a background in engineering and manufacturing, and I think this plays into some strengths for him because he can use that to help tweak and modify some of his equipment, which is where a lot of speed and enhancements come from. Anyway, without further ado, I'm going to throw it over to the interview with Jacob Perkins, World Cup speed skier, uh, with his mission to bring speed skiing back into the Olympic Games for 2026. I hope you enjoy this. Let's go. Jacob, how fast have you been clocked skiing? What's the fastest? Uh, I have been clocked over 103.74 miles an hour. What's that in kilometers for people who are? Uh, That would be around 167 kilometers an hour. Okay. And what does it feel like going that fast? uh smooth and fast while you're accelerating but actually once you once you get past the acceleration phase it it feels kind of like you're coasting yeah okay would you say it's not as like do you think it's scary sometimes yes it is scary okay okay i'm not not gonna lie but and it's not it's not the speed or uh or i guess the inherent danger it's it's some for me it's sometimes the the track or the heights they're the tracks are very steep and very long yeah i know i mean at sun peaks in canada there was i think an old track there and that's on like a black to double black pitch and they've groomed it at times that's a steep run so i can imagine that that's probably more like going through your mind than actually just the speed element. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And have you had any major crashes? Yeah, actually this past season, I crashed at over a hundred miles an hour. Um, it, it was definitely tough for me. It was my first major crash, even though um, overall it was my best season. Um, and I learned a lot from it and luckily walked away actually just with minor injuries. Oh wow. Okay. Awesome. So we should we should get to to the beginning. Like how how did you get into trying to ski as fast as you can to straight line down a hill and you know you want to go to the Olympics which and it's possible that this will be uh added to the next Olympics. So yeah, tell us where it all began. Well, it began after college. Um I was looking to get back into ski racing. I played tennis um at Southern Illinois and Wright State University. Um I realized uh that I likely wasn't gonna go pro in tennis. It's very, very, very tough. And um I had a, a lot of passion for skiing. And um likewise in ski racing, um I, I participated in slalom and giant slalom. Uh, before college, and I realized also I, I wasn't 
cut out for the U.S. ski team um, in those disciplines, and I was looking for some for my niche um, where I where I could participate and compete. I love competing. Um, I love being able to use my uh, technical expertise and knowledge and apply that um, in in sports. And um, I just kind of reached out to different um, ski disciplines and um, in different areas. And um, the speed skiing community welcomed me with open arms. There, there were several um, skiers early on that helped me with understanding the equipment setup and uh, understanding the sport. And I think that is really what put me on the speed skiing was the community helped me get into it and without them I wouldn't be where I am today. So what have you got to get in terms of setup for uh like what's what's different? Like what are, maybe go through like what are the skis like? Are your boots any different? Are the bindings any different? Yeah. Let's hear the equipment. Yeah every everything it's a modified sport. Everything is different. Uh the skis are 238 centimeters. Um, the, the bindings typically are, um, atomic 1018 or some high, uh, dense setting, uh, ski race binding. Um, the, the bindings are typically mounted, um, further back on the skis. Uh, the, the boots are modified as well. They have a lot of forward lean in them. Um, they're typically softer, softer flexing boots. The helmet is probably the most uh, unique part of the sport. Everybody typically has some sort of design or, and, and everybody's helmet is unique to their body type, um, but it's very aerodynamic and it's very custom for each, um, each uh, racer. Uh, and then the poles as well are bent so that you can get into a tuck um, unrestricted. Um, and then lastly, the suit um, is uh, some sort of uh, rubber plasticized uh, material. Um, different materials are used. Um, mine's mainly made out of latex. Okay. And, and within that, is that heavily like sanctioned? Like are you, are you, are there rules? Like the, you said the helmet's individual, like is there, are there kind of restrictions on that? Yes. Yeah. After, after every run at a FIS uh, race or even at, at some of the national races, uh, they'll have officials at the bottom of the hill and they'll do several tests. One, at, one of the uh, main tests is the hoop test, which is where they take your speed ski helmet and they have this hoop where they pass it up and sideways and they make sure that the outer dimensions of the helmet are not uh, too wide. Um, they make sure that you're wearing your your proper protective uh, gear under your suit, um, and then they um, make sure that like your skis are are standard skis that you haven't done anything funny to your bindings or or um, you know have too much weight in your poles or basically just making sure that all the dimensions and specifications set forth in the fist they have a fist regulation manual. That you're meeting all those requirements. Yeah, okay. So, because what are the what are the things that make you go really fast? Right. Like, what yeah, can you what yeah. can you tweak? Um. So the helmet definitely is is uh, I I believe a huge part of it, and why a wider helmet would 
help is because you're you're smoothing off your uh, your aerodynamic uh, profile. Yes, your shoulders. If your helmet was able to be made wider, then you could get your shoulders in um, even even further, and you would be able to go faster. Um, uh -huh. Two, weight is a big, I think, a big factor. Um, you typically see in the speed events, um, as as well as more of the top guys, they're they're typically larger in size. They're over six feet, over two hundred pounds. Um, I definitely think if it, it's not necessarily the overall weight, but it's the aerodynamics. How much weight can you put into a smaller frame? So if you can if you can make yourself heavier and still stay the same size, denser, so to speak, you will go faster, especially on a longer track because you need more time to get up to speed. And then lastly is the is the wax um, is a huge part um, on the skis. And recently FIS is moving away from the fluoro um, fluoro wax. I've I've gone completely uh, fluoro free. They're still in the in the kind of infant phases of trying to to come up with a good testing um, method for uh, for the skis for speed skiing, just because it's not as high volume as some of the alpine sports. But those three things together uh, would definitely add a couple K for sure. Mm -hmm. So is your helmet at all a little like, cause you like people, so people know you've, you've got an engineering degree. You're, that's, that's what you do. So I'm, I must imagine you're pretty into all that kind of modifying stuff. Did you do and design your own helmet? Um, I, I put input into designing my own helmet, but it's made by KL Dynamic. Um, they produce a lot of the speed skiing helmets for the Swedish team, um, as well as, as several of the other European teams. Um, but I, I mean, it, it, the helmet is custom to my body. It's, it fits my shoulders. It fits my head. The, there's an inner breakaway helmet on the helmet as well that has to be fitted to your head. So, I mean, the measurements are fairly uh, uh, spot on, you could say. Yeah, okay, okay. And then the, what about, so that's equipment side, what about like even personally, technique wise, like what have you been, have you been working on the minutia to, to get your, because it's the shape of your body, obviously, that's the, the other thing that's gonna have a huge impact on speed. Yes, yeah, the two things the very top guys uh, do in speed skiing is one, they keep their skis very, very flat, regardless of the terrain they're experiencing or the speed at which they're going. You'll see a lot um, of racers as the speed increases or maybe they hit a compression or the track isn't quite flat, they'll rail their skis on edge to try to give them a kind of a base of support. So keeping that ski very, very flat um, and then secondly is a lot of racers um, tend, it's not necessarily how low you are in your tuck, but a lot of them sometimes have their head up more so they can see out visually because things are coming so fast at those speeds, but you want to actually try to keep your, your, your head down and tucked in because the way the helmet is designed is it's designed, it's not actually designed for your flat back, but we all wear back protectors. So by, by being able to keep your helmet down and stay in a compact tuck, um, you're able to keep that helmet against your back protector 
and and retain that aerodynamic flow. Mm -hmm. And so a typical like a, like day from this last winter of training, like what what is what sort of what does that look like? Are you using video? Are you like what sort of technology and and how much time is spent in a training session? Yeah, it's a huge amount of it is preparation. I mean, I'm already preparing for next year, waxing skis, getting getting the gear together. I, I write down the adjustments that I need to make this year because it takes a long time to make all the changes for the following year. Um, and then two is um, I, I just typically do runs at 50% of, of like what would be my max or comfortable. So I, I'm going around 50 to 60 miles an hour, 100 kilometers an hour. Um, it's, I mean, it's fairly fast for a recreational skier, but on longer skis like that, it's, it's, it's actually fairly slow. But being able to practice in your gear and, and get comfortable being at, in the right position at the slow speeds translates to the speed um, when, when you get over 100 miles an hour. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Because like your your boots, you said, uh, like like there's more forward lean. Yes. Is that yeah? Like like what's the difference between like say your normal ski boots and then your your speed skiing boots? Yeah. So I've always grown up and uh, skiing on on a race boot, which is typically I would say around like 17 degrees of forward lean, and more recently they've even even put it even further forward. Um, we're typically around 25 to, to 30 plus degrees of forward lean. Um, so it's you're you're wow. you're feeling like you're leaning out um, over the ski. Now the ski is a really long ski, and you're really far back on the ski, so it actually feels normal. But um, okay. it, it is a weird feeling at at first. If you're is, it, is it is it for like uh, not only the forward position, like but being out of forward and just be really low, right? Like like to get your tuck position better that 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 lower leg angle it's um is that the main reason uh so it, yes it's to it's to be able to because you're mounted further back on the skis you're able to that having all that forward lean and a lot of people also have excuse me a high ramp angle in their ski boot um so they'll either put a wedge on or a heel lift in their ski boot um, and that just allows you to get into a tuck better. Now, I've seen racers that don't have an, an excess as excessive amount of forward lean um, or have a either a wedge installed in the back of their boot or under their heel to aid. Um, and I think that that kind of goes to the biomechanics, too, of the person. Not, not everybody is the same. And some people have more mobility in their ankle and can get into a tuck more comfortably but the biggest thing is you need to be able to hold that tuck it, it, no matter what's coming at you because if because if you get out of that tuck at those speeds it's it's game game over is that what happened with your crash um no actually there was a strong crosswind in the course um i actually had a great run um and then and i actually completed the run it was right after the finish uh crossing through the finish line um there was just there was a lot of wind they had pulled some people before i went i was actually hesitant should i go on this run should i not i i went on the run um i was feeling good and then when i got there all of a sudden there was a there was a strong wind 
it knocked me off just that very little second. I lost focus and, um, and then it was game over. I mean, things change, things change very quick, quickly at those speeds. Like did, did the skis release? Uh, yes. The one that, that hooked up did release. And then the other, I just slid on my back while that, that one was on. And I made sure, um, not to let it dig in because, because, uh, if you let it dig in at those speeds, it's, even if it releases, uh, I've seen a lot of people have um, problems. But one of the things we do from for a safety standpoint is the tips and and uh, the tails of the ski are dulled a lot. And that's one in case of a crash that if it was to hit us, it's not going to cut us um, as severely or not cut us at all. And then two, it keeps the skis from wanting to hook up. Yeah, I mean, can can you turn can you turn those things? <laughs> yeah, uh, you can you can side uh, side slip, uh, uh, do pivot slips. You can make tight turns. Or can you carve? You can't carve on those skis. They're made just for going straight in the line. But we ha- to get to the track, which is in my opinion is one of the hardest things about speed skiing, because <laughs> a lot of the tracks you have to you have to actually get there by taking a rope. You're on the side of a cliff. You're you you have to get there um, through a cat track or something. So you have to be able to turn in pretty tight uh, corners and uh, you have to be able to slip out onto the course, so. Yeah, wow, that's that's one of the most tricky bits. Yes, <laughs> it, the, it is a little tricky. <laughs> okay, crazy. Um, and so uh, like th- to get that forward lean of you had to re-drill the cuffs, like did you, or did you, yeah, what did you do? What's it, what's your boot? So I ski in a Atomic World Cup 110. It's a, just a standard, um, their standard model. There was nothing special. It was the narrow, you want to get as, as narrow of a profile boot, but one of the regulations um, they have is it has to be a standard boot. You can't have a um, custom like molded boot that's has an extra narrow outside last. That would be nice because that would, that would probably give you a couple extra K. Uh, but the, the boot is a standard stock boot. And, and to get the forward lean, um, the first thing I did was remove a lot of the material on the front of the cuff of the boot. And that, because if you don't do that, then the, the front cuff of the boot, when you uh, flex the boot forward, will catch on that, on that lower cuff. So you remove it in a kind of a U-shaped cut right below the buckle. Then the second mm-hmm. thing you have to do to allow the boot to flex forward is you have to remove the material on the back part of the boot. Now, some boots are a mono-injected shell or they're multiple pieces, uh, but the important thing is that upper and lower cuff, you need, you need to be able to clip it off so the upper cuff doesn't run on the backside into the lower section of the boot. Um, and then the third thing is, so now that you've allowed the boot to move through the full range of motion, you need to do something to keep the boot flex forward. Um, a comp, you'll see a lot of race boots, they have the spoiler on the back of the boot, like that uh, piece, it's like kind of a rubber U-shape, yep. you just put, a, put in your liner in the back of the boot. Uh, some racers do that and then just put several. I found um, that you have to be kind of careful on that because if you put too much back there, it can, it can kind of cut off the circulation of your foot. I think the better solution is between the upper and lower cuff of the boot 
to put like a plastic, a piece of plastic or a wedge in there and then screw it in from the inside. And then that'll keep the boot flex to whatever desired angle that you, you want to have. Now you were mentioning just before we started recording that speed skiing is, is on a comeback kind of trajectory. So do yeah. you want to talk about that and like what your goals are? Yeah, so the the biggest goal I have is to try to bring back a North American circuit. Um, we've been in the process of of reaching out to resorts both in Canada and in the United States to see um, if anybody would be interested. Um, currently, there's several homologated tracks, and and what I mean by homologated means that they've been approved by a FIS official that they're legal and safe to run a race at a specified uh, speed and that they have the adequate uh, run out and uh, slope angle to host the race. Um, currently, there's uh, like Mammoth that uh, you can, we're working on trying to get something there. There's um, several, like I said, resorts in Canada where we've been exploring and trying to get something, but that would be great to get a couple races back in North America. Um, there recently was, you, you had referred to the uh, Sun Peaks race that used to be a World Cup race. Um, I think I think that was canned like around 2010 to 2015. It's been a couple, it's been several years since they've hosted that race. We would like to see that race come back as well um, so there's a lot going on. And then likewise in Europe, um, they have quite a few races. Um, but what I would like to see is some of the other teams creating a, a good uh, pipeline of junior racers um, to get them interested in the sport over there. I think France, they do a great job of, of working with the junior racers and getting them um, on the right path to participate um, in the upper categories of speed skiing, but definitely seeing that in the other national ski teams would be a goal of mine as well. And if there's any way I can help, um, uh, I, I would like to be a part of that. Nice. And I mean, what's, what's the likelihood do you think of it becoming an Olympic sport again? Cause it was, it was, wasn't yes. it? It was yeah. a demonstration sport in the Albertville Olympics in 92. Um, they again tried, they almost got into the Olympics in 2006 in Torino. Um, and it was kind of at the last minute, my understanding that it was pulled. Um, I think it should be in, in the Olympics. It's a fist sport. It's been a fist sport for many, many years. Um, it's, it has a very safe track record for, if you look at the uh, the fatalities and the number of years the sport has gone on, it's actually very, very low for people per on the track participating in the sport. I've seen several people crash and they they walk away with, with minor injuries and that's because we take safety uh, very seriously. So I think the big thing is, 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 I know there's a lot of politics involved with the Olympic committee and the, in the host country. Um, but I think a good goal would maybe be um, either, um, I, th I think uh, in the upcoming Olympics in, in Milan, 
that if they could possibly bring it back there because speed skiing is big in Italy um, or maybe in the following one, I think it's a possibility. I just think you have to get the right people on board and, and it starts by um, promoting the sport and getting uh, people interested and getting competitions, not just in um, Europe and um, in the East, but also getting some competitions going on here in North America. Mm, yeah, that's that's your that's your main goal. It sounds like get getting the circuit back in North yep. America. Yeah, cool. So, what's your best result so far uh, when you went over to Europe? Yeah, so my best result was 18th. Um, that was in the Swedish Nationals, and then I had a. A uh, couple top twenty finishes as well on the World Cup in um, in both uh, Finland and uh, Sweden. Nice, nice. And what's how far away? Like, is it pretty tight that top? Like, does it not separate by much? No, it isn't. The uh, so I I was like one. I'll just pick the the one where I was one sixty seven. I was 167 and the winner was like 175. It's a couple, yeah, okay. it's a couple K. Yeah. It's there's, there's not much And the track record, um, which was actually broken this year on a different race was 181. So it's a very tight range um, between the top racers and, and some of the lower tier racers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is that the guy who did 181? What's he built like? His like body. a tank yeah he's he? he's very well built um but but he's he's not uh he's not big he's a strong and he's he's very lean um, yeah okay like yeah. you said he's this is like dense muscle packed in not broad because it's very specific yeah. right yeah the yeah, aerodynamics put the weight yeah he's probably like i would say six two um slightly over 200 pounds, fairly narrow shoulder profile, but strong um, and, and well-built overall. So how do you train? Like, do you have a specific program that you like work on to build that type of muscle? Yeah. So it's, it's, I do a lot of um, circuit training um, where I do uh, moderate level weights, but at a fairly high intensity with, with little break. Um, I go, I'll do uh, a full body workout. I don't just like do one particular exercise when I, I go to the gym. I try to, to work out everything because you really need everything to be strong. I mean, even your neck. Uh, I, I know yeah. some racers that do exercises just like in car racing. Um, they do race because you're pulling a lot of G's at the bottom of the hill. Um, it's important. Everything, your, your neck, your back, your shoulders your legs at all the weak link is going to break at, yeah. at over 100 miles an hour so you got to train everything and i think also incorporating um some some cardio as well i i used to do more running but um as i'm uh, starting to get a little bit older i've i've switched more to doing biking um or trying to do other cross training activities i play a lot of tennis still in the summer i think i think it's great to do some some different sports and other things um especially in the off season yeah cool and how how tall are you and what do you weigh i'm about six foot 175 to 180 okay yep 
Okay, so you, you you're planning on getting a little more for next next winter? You'd... Yeah, I usually try to get up to about one uh, when when the season starts. I'm about one eighty five to one ninety or one ninety five, and then as the season goes on, I lose muscle mass. Um, it's hard to keep it on, especially when you're skiing every day. Um, and and then I try to build it back up um, in the summer the best I can. Yeah, great. Jacob, anything, any final words you want to uh, part with here about about speed skiing or, yeah. Uh, if you want to get interested in speed skiing um, and you're here in North America, check out uh, speedski.com. Uh, there's a lot of uh, great resources for, for helmet manufacturers, for getting the equipment, uh, for fellow racers. There are several uh, profiles for different speed skiers, um, and there's a wealth of information as the, as, um, on there as well. Also, I would highly recommend checking out um, the Highway to Speed Skiing Facebook page. They have a lot of... Um, content for speed skiing and it's a great way to connect with members of the community and lastly um, if you want to reach out to me personally check out uh, jacobperkins.org excellent well thanks so much for your time jacob it's been really interesting uh just getting into the like the the, the details of this sport i think you're crazy but um <laughs> but I, but i like it i like it awesome. so i wish you all yeah yeah, if you ever want to try it, let me know. I, I got I got plenty of extra gear, so I'm, I'm sure you, you would be a natural at it. Okay, well, I mean, I I get I get that the the equipment stuff that really, like you said, on those skis, like going 60 miles an hour, it's kind of like, you know, that makes a big difference, right? It's not the yes. same as just trying to do that on your normal skis you ski on. Yes, yeah, and then yeah, it makes huge a difference. difference yeah great well thank you thank you I'll, we'll see if i'm crazy enough to take you up on that offer all right <laughs> thanks jacob yeah thank you tom appreciate it